0: Southerners have long created the storylines that shape the nation, and in some ways, the world. We have planted the seed to spark global movements. As goes the South, so goes the nation. Never in our lifetime has that been more true. Whether it's fighting for racial justice, ending health disparities, fighting for voting rights by organizing people around common goals, these issues, and the Southerners leading the charge over them, are going to set the tempo for the 2020 elections. This season of The Wrecking Interview, we're digging into the stories and people beyond the polls and partisanship. We're speaking with the community leaders and fresh young voices doing the work of building the future south, on the ground and out of the spotlight. If you're looking for another political podcast to handicap the horse race, there are plenty of them out there. But we want you to join us as we explore the southern issues, trends, and movements that matter most. And hopefully, learn how to plant our own seeds of change. So, subscribe to the Reckon Interview wherever you get your podcasts.
1: For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama Stories from a Pandemic.
0: Is there a higher risk for voting in person than voting absentee to your health? Yes, probably so. But you can also rest assured that your vote will be in on time and it will be counted. Um, And if you take the proper steps and you trust your community to take the proper steps, then everything should and could go very smoothly.
1: Today we hear from Reckon South's John Hammondtree, host of the Reckon Interview podcast. His current season, called The South Decides, examines the 2020 elections, but looking more at the issues and movements on the ground instead of the candidates at the top. It's for people frustrated by politics and who think the system is broken. John and co-host RL Nave want to help us learn more about how we got to this point and hear a few stories of hope. The show is available wherever you download your podcasts. The general election is November 3rd, and there remain plenty of questions about voting during a pandemic. How will COVID impact voting this year? Is it safe to vote in person? Are more people voting by mail? Will fear of voting in person because of the virus affect the outcomes of certain races? Here are some important dates to keep in mind. The voter registration deadline in Alabama is October 19th. The last day voters can apply for absentee ballots is October 29th. And the last day voters can hand deliver or postmark an absentee ballot is November 2nd. I spoke to John Hammontree about voting during the pandemic how Alabama is working to accommodate voters through COVID-19 guidelines, the government's efficiency in handling absentee ballots, and the lingering questions he has about the 2020 election. So, John, where does the state stand on COVID in terms of accommodating voters in light of the pandemic? There is a link at the top of the alabamavotes.gov website where people can learn more about COVID-19 resources related to voting, and most of it is information on absentee ballots. What's your sense of the government's role in assisting voters through this process in November?
0: Well, I think that the government has a responsibility to make sure that every citizen can participate in the election safely and and to do so securely. You know, we found out about covid in the spring, you know, February, March. And realistically, Alabama is not a state with a great infrastructure for vote by mail. Traditionally, we've only allowed people to vote absentee with very specific reasons. Health is a reason. And Secretary of State John Merrill has expanded that health excuse to include if you are worried about the coronavirus. So you don't have to have the coronavirus. You just have to be worried about the risk of getting coronavirus is an acceptable excuse to vote by mail but we don't have the infrastructure that has made it as secure as states that have universal vote by mail you know there's a lot of misinformation out there about vote by mail being susceptible to fraud but states like Washington and Utah uh, and Oregon that have universal vote by mail actually have it pretty secure you know it's it's down to a science where just like an Amazon package, you get a tracking code and you can watch your ballot go through the entire process. Alabama has had to try to build that infrastructure, and so have a lot of other states have had to try to build that infrastructure in six months and have had to try to retrain a bunch of clerks and volunteers who aren't necessarily familiar with a lot of absentee voting procedures. And we are seeing a major uptick in vote-by-mail in Alabama and across the country. So while I think it's important that the state give people that option and do so securely, uh, they also have to make sure that they are doing everything they can to to build that infrastructure. Um, and that's where you know some decisions that the state has made in the last few years might be coming back to bite us. Uh, in the wake of the 2016 election, the U.S. government made a bunch of grants available to states to make their elections. More secure. Alabama was one of the few states that didn't take advantage of that money, and so I think that the state is is trying, but they are also not doing so in a way that is um, is as effective as it it maybe could be. Uh, They've tried to block some options like curbside voting uh, that have been shown to be safe and secure, and so you know there are questions of, well, why are they doing it? You know, is it is it a suppressive tactic or is it purely because they lack the infrastructure? And I I think right now. We don't have enough information to know that for sure, but we can kind of look at Alabama's history of voting and make some educated guesses that, you know, there there could be some suppressive elements at play.
1: Well, and what about voting in person? What will polling stations look like? Is it safe to vote in person? Like... What happens if there are long lines throughout the day? Will every station be different, or does the state have strict guidelines that they'll all have to
0: follow? I believe that John Merrill has said that counties cannot require you to vote in a mask, but the state does have a mask ordinance. So his argument would be you know, requiring somebody to wear a mask in order to vote could deny people their right to vote, but we have had a statewide mask ordinance that, you know, if people comply with can limit spread. We have pretty good indication that a lot of the early primaries uh, in the spring and the summer were not massive spreader events because people were standing six feet apart because they were wearing masks and because there were hand sanitizer stations spread throughout in, in those states. If Alabama sets it up that way, then hopefully the risk of spread because of election day is limited. Um, we're also seeing you know a lot of people who have been voting in-person absentee and are already seeing very long lines throughout the state for in-person absentee particularly in places like Jefferson County. And so it's possible that you know because it's going to be spread out over such a long period that we won't see massive lines in Alabama on election day the same way that we saw them in 2016. Uh, I would say to anybody listening, You know, just make sure you have a plan to vote and to make sure that your vote gets counted. Is there a higher risk for voting in person than voting absentee to your health? Yes, probably so. But you can also rest assured that your vote will be in on time and it will be counted. Um, And if you take the proper steps and you trust your community to take the proper steps, then everything should and could go very smoothly. You know, I think it's an interesting time because... We all recognize that voting is is a form of civic action and civic engagement, and I think that similarly wearing a mask is is an act of civic responsibility. And so if you are going out and doing your civic duty, then part of your civic duty this year is to wear a mask.
1: Yeah, and just to clarify, I know that the AlabamaVotes.gov or the Secretary of State website says currently there are 3.7 million thereabout people who are registered to vote. But are more people voting by mail and absentee because of COVID this year? Do we have any
0: data or any in indication to suggest that there is a pretty big swath of people who are doing that? Yeah, we've definitely seen an uptick. I don't want to give exact numbers because they seem to be changing by the day, but um the last number that I saw said that 5% of the state had already voted, which is a pretty big number uh considering you know, we're talking here on October 16th, and so the election is still two weeks away. Um, and, I, and I imagine that number is growing daily. You know, anecdotally, we've seen pictures of people voting in-person absentee, and the lines look as long as they did on Election Day in 2016. Um, so a combination of some early data of absentee ballot applications, absentee ballots that have already been returned, and just anecdotal picture evidence indicates that we are seeing a lot more people vote absentee than we did before. Well, and John, the the people who didn't apply for absentee balloting, like, like, us
1: focus on them for just a sec. In the event that COVID causes a low turnout, how do you think that might impact the outcomes of certain
0: races in Alabama, if at all? Well, you know, it's it's difficult to know, but we can point to two recent examples. So 2016 was the highest turnout election in Alabama history, and Trump won by a landslide. 2017, the special election was a very low turnout statewide election, and Doug Jones won. And a lot of that was because of Roy Moore as the candidate, and some of it was because a lot of Trump voters stayed home and so given the dynamics of how Democrats have encouraged their voters and their base to vote absentee, you know, early and to take to take covid seriously while the president and to a lesser extent down ballot republicans have encouraged their voters to show up in person, if we see low in-person turnout on election day, you know, I, I would think that would have to favor Doug Jones just because so much of his base probably would have already voted. But we have seen some down ballot Republicans, you know, kind of scrambling and trying to distance themselves from the president there because they recognize that dynamic. That if you, you know, if you build an early lead, uh, you know, to, to play it in football terms, then it's going to be really hard to make up those points in the fourth quarter.
1: And finally, John. What lingering questions do you have about voting during the pandemic? I know there are probably a million out there that that people have, but you've kept a close watch on the voting process through your podcast. What are you sort of zeroing in on as, like you said, there
0: are only a couple of weeks now until the election? Well, certainly going to be watching what you what you were just talking about, you know, in terms of turnout, can Jones get enough crossover voters to win, even in a state where we know that Donald Trump is going to win, you know, or will most people pull straight ticket? I mean, one thing that Doug Jones has done that's been pretty interesting is he's used a lot of his airtime to effectively do PSAs about COVID-19, about wearing masks, about responsibility, about healthcare, and things like that, you know, do those messages come through enough that you get some crossover Republicans in places like Jefferson County and Shelby County and Tuscaloosa, Lee County, Madison, that, you know, are business Republicans and and vote for Jones for that reason. But the long term question that I have is, are we going to take the lessons that we've learned from 2020 about the voting process and try to better institutionalize them going forward? This won't be the only natural disaster that we have during an election. Uh, You know, elections often fall during hurricane and tornado season in Alabama. Elections often fall during flu season. And so I think that we are learning the lesson now of if we can get more people engaged in the democratic process by relaxing some of the restrictions that we have put in place on absentee voting, and moving more towards universal mail in voting, will we see more people participate in the process? And that's something that, you know, I, I think people should demand going forward. It shouldn't be that you can only vote absentee if you have a life threatening illness. You know, we we should have the infrastructure that people should be able to vote absentee relatively unencumbered. And I think that this election has made the case for that, for making a stronger process in part because of demand, but also in part because, you know, we're having to build that infrastructure right now. And it would be a shame to cast that infrastructure aside after we've used it and proven that it's successful. John, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Ben. This was fun.
1: The Reckon interview is available now, wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you check it out. For more information on voting in Alabama, visit alabamavotes.gov. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus if you like the show please rate us and write a review thank you for listening